that sword you wield. The High Will sing that I must escape the kiss of its steel, as it is wholly tainted by the heresy of its bearer. The Great Ones, from the eternal processions, demand that I should battle until I draw my dying breath. The Three. The High Voices proclaim that your execution cannot be delayed, and so I fear that my penance is far from over. Not while their voices still echo. Tyler, we made it. This is one year. Oh, I thought you just meant made it to the recording booth after that little hiatus we took. Oh, the surprise hiatus that we took? It wasn't a surprise. <laughs> we planned it all along. This was... Oh. Yes, let's... <laughs> Hey, you remember uh, in the last episode when you mentioned how the next episode wasn't going to be, or was going to be the anniversary, and I said, no, 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 because the next one will come out in the middle of the month. Happy anniversary! Yeah. <laughs> Now, I I will back us up. I mean, that's our first little break that we've had in the year. And I mean, we still put out as many episodes for two a month. We Like, this is episode 25. Well, okay. Mathematically, yes. And also, yes. we have been consistent with a release for at least every two weeks for a year straight. So I think, I think we earned a little bit of a break, especially two we, when we're we, gonna... Well, we're coming we got back a little strong. Bit of a flack. Yeah, well, dude, I'm, but we, it makes me happy. <laughs> it does. It yeah. does. It means that, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. This is the Optional Boss Podcast, episode 25, where we are finally talking about Blasphemous. This is going to be a Optional Boss Presents episode where we talk about one individual game. We are your hosts, Josh and Tyler. Happy one year anniversary, Tyler. How are you? I'm I'm pretty swell. That's for sure. I'm I'm excited to talk about this game in depth, at least in depth in our rambly way that we have so trademarked of ourselves. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty swell. I've uh, been quite locked into a very daunting gaming experience lately. I finally, <laughs> finally took that plunge that is Elden Ring and everything I said about why I shouldn't be playing it is true. It's too big. There's too much to go on and yet I can't stop. It's ah. it's a good time. Like you'll get burnt out a little bit on it, but uh, you still get enjoyment from it. It's it's oh, it's something else. Now that said, as someone who has, I don't need. I think I could say more than dip my toe. I'm about knee deep in in the souls from software world of games, and I gotta say, though I am really enjoying this. I think I prefer it more when it's not open world. I could understand that because things can be a little more tightly knit. But I mean, Dark Souls One. If you look at the world, it's very tightly knit, and it all kind of comes around on itself, right? So it's also one of my favorite maps in gaming. But all that aside, it doesn't make this any worse. I think it's just one of those things where it feels too big for me to fully appreciate. Because it does still have that very awesome, intimate, like, 
design work where when you're in the more centralized areas that feel more like proper souls dungeons they are still very good and the exploration is just top notch in it but it's also it sometimes feels like too much of a good thing you know it's the chocolate chip cookie analogy i always use yeah if you continue eating chocolate chip cookies non-stop you will eventually get a stomach ache yeah no matter how much you love those cookies but that said i'm about 60 hours deep and still Still happy. That's a good to, chunk of time. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm still happy to keep playing it. I'm not going to drop it. I do want to finish it, but it has been eating up a lot of my gaming time. But I have to make an honorable mention to the fact that we've talked about this a little bit here and there on the podcast. They finally did something with F Zero, kinda, and <laughs> Nintendo released F Zero ninety nine on the Switch Online, and it is stupidly addictive this is actually my first 99 game and is it really yeah and i've dabbled a little bit into oh well all right should should we count mario 35 as a 99 game because it was still in that style you didn't play it no are we are we counting it i consider it a 99 game yes okay it still it still falls under the let's take a game that is primarily a single player experience and somehow turn it into a battle royale and yes yeah no the f-zero is absolutely great the fact that it's one the super nintendo f-zero which is just going to win me over aesthetically in all of, of its course. presentation but it's a game Nostalgia i always... even though you didn't play it yeah, well i <laughs> have played f-zero a good handful and it's one of those games that like I'm, i wish i was better at because i want to like it but they have added enough. Like, I don't think it actually plays like SNES F-Zero, like, one-to-one, but it still sure. feels like a SNES game. But it just proves the point that this deserved to be multiplayer and just never got it. So this has been really cool. I don't know how long Nintendo's going to support it, uh, but it's been a nice <laughs> thing to, you know, just I'll hop in, do a couple races, uh, and then I'll go back to exploring the absolutely massive world in Elden Ring. So that's been pretty much taking up a lot of my gaming time lately. How how about yourself? How have you been? Well, first off, I do need to try F099. It's uh I've dove into pretty much everyone aside from Pac-Man. I enjoy hopping in for the occasional game of Tetris 99. I'm no good at it, but I mean, I'd rather sit down and play Tetris Effect Connected because that thing is damn trippy. Um if you partake in a bit of the green, I highly suggest that. I, um, I do, and I hate Tetris. But you should try it. I, I'm honestly, I'm willing to try wacky. Tetris Effect just because it sounds so so wild. It's it's just a trip. Yeah. It's a trip and good music. Um, and good music. Yeah. So since our last recording, I've uh, <laughs> I dove into Dark Souls three pretty heavily. To the point where I said, okay, I'm going to platinum it on PlayStation. You jumped in too heavily. As I was, I was most of the way through, then it's like, oh, this is going to take forever to do. But I grinded through. I got the platinum trophy. Uh, my head hurts. I think I posted something on our socials, at uh, OptionalBossPC on Instagram and Twitter. of me literally in the reflection of the TV, hold my forehead like, why the fuck did I do this? Um... But then I dove into the messenger and I've dove into the messenger before. Like it's, it's a fantastic game. We've talked about it before. And uh, I think 
last episode actually did we uh, bring up the, the music's messenger? great oh we did bring up the messenger yes yeah yes oh um and then there's a little uh so i, I beat that i didn't 100 percent or anything this time i just i wanted to go down a trip because i wanted some of the story bits and some of the familiarity before i dove into this next game which is sea of stars i who's made by wait. sabotage studio and so same makers as the messenger it is a same universe and i can't i can't give any spoilers i'm not going to give any spoilers because if you are an rpg fan who likes super mario rpg and chrono trigger there's the mention uh this is a love letter to both those games but I'm picking up a lot of the similarities and some of the references that were in the messenger in Sea of Stars now. And it's just, it, it's, it's one of those, uh, uh, what's, what's that meme? It's a uh, Leonardo DiCaprio going, Hey, Hey, hang, oh, hang on. And he's the, pointing like, I that's, recognize that's that thing. Yes. That's the thing. Yes. Do the thing. Um, so messenger. Sea of Stars, it's, it's a slow start. Admittedly, like it's, it's whole storyline doesn't feel as impactful it seems kind of slow but then it really starts picking up and it just becomes a really really good time and it's like i understand why it started slow because they had a lot of stuff to set up i'm very excited i did back this game and they probably i tried me. to find your grave and holy shit there's a lot of backer graves oh my god yeah i figured I, it would be a lot but i didn't expect it would be like twenty five thousand. Yeah, it's it's between twenty five thousand and thirty thousand different grave sites that you have to go inspect, and there's eighty four per room, so you got to keep going in and out of rooms to try and find them. Oh, that's that's daunting. I'm oh. gonna have to try to figure out that code they sent me to expedite the uh, trip to my grave because I do want to see myself immortalized in this indie project that just seemed too exciting not to get even though i only really backed it for the physical copy but it was also like ah, oh, you get a grave with this tier too it was like ah, oh, sick immortalized in this game i'm excited for neat yep. by spending money so aside from that a uh, couple good game releases that uh it's a few episodes old now but uh what we're most anticipating in 2023 that was back in january or something yeah uh they're starting to come out sea of stars was one of them uh also liza p just came out this past week yeah uh, well maybe two weeks by the time you listen to this um and uh based on today's topic uh blasphemous 2 which i have yet to dive into which no. sounds kind of crazy but also at the same point i've been doing a lot of action heavy games i wanted something a little slower pace that i can just dive into for a few, couple hours here and there Instead of being like in depth, action focused. Also, I did not want to get anything confused with today's episode. I was actually going to say one of the reasons why, well, okay, beside Elden Ring, even if Elden Ring wasn't part of the picture, I'm kind of, kind of glad I haven't touched Blasphemous 2 yet because I wanted to go into this topic without any influence from the second game hanging exactly. over it. It's nice that we can just discuss it as our experiences with the first game, which. Oh, it is a doozy, so. So, are you about ready to get into it? Or I, is I, our little pre-ramble? I, I we haven't had any posts on social media. We haven't had anything like that. Uh, if there are messages, we honestly haven't had a chance to actually look at them. We've been very, very busy in our uh, real lives. So, uh, hopefully we aren't missing anything. Uh, if so, we'll get to you next week. 
or next episode, hopefully. Uh, but Tyler, you ready to go into some Blasphemous? Should I queue up some music? I think that's a good idea. All right, and we'll be right back. So Blasphemous, uh, the company that made it was The Game Kitchen, which honestly a fantastic game, uh, fantastic name. I first heard about this, I want to say it was in an E3 back in 2016. And I just remember seeing some of the, uh, well, the, the trailer and the pixel art was just really, really impressive. Uh, more so for the time. It sounds weird to say impressive pixel art gets better with age. but. Uh, this game is very pretty, and you don't actually notice the depth of its story until you really dive into it. But uh, yeah, 20, 2016, I want to say. And then it was delayed for a year because it was supposed to be out in 2017, I believe. I could have a lot of this wrong. I'm trusting my memory here. But then it finally came out in what, 2018, 2019? I think it was released in 2018, yes. So, and then it's funny because I never touched it. And then it wasn't until. I got my Switch edition. Then I said, okay, I got to dive into it. And this was before I was really into a Dark Souls phase. Not that it's really Souls-like by any means, but... It has yeah, it a, a good chunk of inspiration from Souls, though. Yes, especially with its uh, with its story and its lore. Yes. And by that, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know how Souls does their lore, it's a lot of item descriptions which match up with other things going on in the world. It's... Dialogue could be a little cryptic until you actually start understanding what the world is about. Um, do you remember when you first learned about Blasphemous? I couldn't say the specifics of it, but I do know that it was I very want much... Oh, it, it was love <laughs> at first sight, I know that. I saw that pixel art. And also the fact that this game was being published by Team 17. And Team 17 is a publisher that I have known and adored their releases pretty much since the mid-90s with Worms. They've always been yes. one of those smaller companies that is the name that I've grown to trust. They've grown to become quite the publisher now. So, Oh, and, absolutely. I mean, I don't even know if they make games anymore. It's just uh, publishing. It's been a while since they made Worms, and it wasn't great, but that's a sidetrack from the fact that I saw this game called Blasphemous, and it just was too pretty to not pay attention to, and I found out. So... Before we get into this It kind of came from nowhere, really. It, 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 as a lot of indie games did in I mean, the true, early Switch true. life as well, though, right? Because something about, like, I'm much more prone to paying attention to it if it's getting a console release. This is something I can admit. And right. this game has gotten two or three different physical releases now. I think it's just two. There was the limited run and the retail, and then I believe because it got another content update, it might have released once more. I don't think it did. I think mm. it just came out with the... Because it's had a few free DLCs that yeah. have come alongside it. Uh, Stir of Dawn, uh, Wounds of Eventide, and I don't know if there was another one or not. I think it was just the two, but the one thing that this is an unfortunate... Uh, 
piece of the era we live in with updates is that the final update that it got was actually very crucial to the plot. Because absolutely, because it, it didn't have a true ending until the last DLC. Well, it it had more of a cliffhanger ending, and that's that's another thing I'll I'll uh, point out right now. We're gonna try and veer away from spoilers till the second half of the episode, and then we can dive into spoiler territory. So well, if you haven't played it and our episode has intrigued you to uh, give it a chance. Don't listen to the second half. We'll give you plenty of warnings as well. Yes, but to be be known that this is going to be a a much deeper dive than our typical talks of games on the broader scale. And so yeah, uh, out in twenty eighteen, this is a you could say Metroidvania. It does follow a lot of the similar trappings of a Metroidvania when you have a big explorative world and the map structure is quite similar, but. It's very much its own thing within this category. It felt funny enough, and it does get a mode to reflect this a little bit later, but it it feels more like something like the original Castlevania games where it was more difficult but precise combat and platforming. Yes, and that's actually a mode that I have actually stayed away from, and I really should give it a shot. Like, uh, there's... It's it's only in New Game Plus that you can access the different uh, different game modes aside from the, your standard. Here's your health. Here's your potions. Go at it. Yeah. Uh, there's the mode that you're referring to. That's very cl- Castlevania, where it gives you like so many hits. Yes, it's you not get like health a... pips instead of a life bar, and yeah, it makes the game significantly more challenging and changes a couple other things too. Like mm-hmm. this game has the whole souls-like kind of thing where all the enemies are dead until you stay at a save point for recovery. And in the classic, like, Castlevania mode, they respawn as soon as you leave the room. So it does do quite a few ways to tweak it in the more classic. And we can get into the bonus modes further later on, but to describe... Yes, because we will (sighs) have to dive into New Game Plus. (laughs) Well, we've done it once or twice each, so it's it's definitely worth a dabble. But I think the best so way to, to access explain... the DLC, to access the DLC, you need to be in New Game Plus. So you had to at least beat it. Oh, that's right. You did need to have New Game Plus for any of the DLC. Yes, you did. Oh, they make it work for it. But it's such good time work. It's, it's, it. it's worth it because it does change quite a bit. So, uh, hmm. do, we, do we go into the, the presentation of it or should we talk about just how it feels first? Let's let's go into a bit of the story. Let's set and the stage. Yeah, set set the stage. We'll go into some mechanics, and then uh, we will do some final touches, and then we'll go into a spoiler section. Okay. And start well, spoiling the shit out of everything. <laughs> uh, do, do do you want to take the wheel? Do you want me to take the wheel on the the opening of this, or prior so, to? I should say. All honestly, the the game doesn't start off, and I'll I'll let you because you just read the comic about an hour ago, so you have a better memory of it than I do. I did, but yes. uh, the actual beginning of the game starts in a comic that comes with the game. Well, okay, the beginning it, of the you, well, you, you no, don't I'll, need I'll, to I'll, read the comic, but I'll, I'll I'll set the stage with the comic because it is important. So first. To set the stage of the world of Blasmus, it, it takes place in a setting uh, called Custodia. And Custodia is pretty much a massive city-sized church town. And it's 
If you hadn't guessed with a name like Blasphemous, this game is incredibly highly rooted in theology. So to set the stage, several, several years ago, uh, the people of the world worshipped something called the Miracle, which is basically a god allegory. And the Miracle would punish, and that was its form of showing that it existed, essentially. And these punishments could range in any way from wild deformities to turning into monstrous creatures. It has all sorts of wild effects. And so there was a person whose name that I do not recall, but we will call him Jesus Stand-In. He one day prayed for all of the world's guilt to be put upon him. And so this divine miracle then started to turn this boy into a tree, slowly and surely, and this tree basically became the symbol of this religion. So, we have our base foundation. Worship the Jesus three tree. Yes, the three knots. And this was known as the first miracle, I believe. So, uh, da-da. Um, then I guess we would have the whole thing where they they built the Mother of Mothers, this gigantic church, and the Pope of this church, known as Escrabar, thought he stopped hearing the voices of the miracle. So he turned his throne and his back on all of his parishioners and the entirety of Custodia. And everyone, of course, at this point is wondering, like, what? We've lost our leader, basically. And so... Well, well, pretty, pretty much, he turned his back on his congregation. He did, because he thought he was no longer favored by the miracle. And as a punishment slash a way of proving that the miracle existed. It's, this is very much a story of God works in mysterious ways. Um, <laughs> Escobar, the pope of this world, essentially, his body started to decay and rot, and his blood became oilish and sticky like sap. And this was the miracle basically proving that it existed. And so he took it upon himself to basically be like the new messiah of this world. And amidst all this, this tree, this first miracle of this Jesus boy who turned into a tree, began to just start burning, and it burned with a massive ash that rained all over the land, and it ended up killing a whole bunch of people, and a bunch ended up being deformed and turned into monsters by this horrible event. And well, so, no, sorry, not just on. that, it, it created a giant pile of ash to which... Escobar's throne sat upon, right? Yeah. And a lot of the congregation wanted to be the next Escobar. They they wanted to be the next son of the miracle, as as they were come to know, uh, Escobar being the first son of the miracle. And as they tried to climb the ash, the weight of their guilt pulled them down through it. And it would start causing deformities on them, turning them into uh, vile monsters that now roamed the lands of Custodia, um, and no one actually had a guilt-free conscience to be able to sit upon the throne and actually make it up to the throne. So, I'd say it, it not a long time, but an age after all of this happened. I hope you're all uh, hanging on to us with this. The, the game opens with a priestess pounding an effigy of the Jesus tree into her chest as she starts speaking a prayer, and then eventually she turns to stone, and this effigy of the, their lord turns into a sword that was piercing her. We'll come back to this. So. Yes, because it kills her, and then she turns to stone, right? 
Yeah, it's it's almost it, it like it pierces through her heart. Yeah, this is the this is the will of the miracle. It creates this sword, and so now we join what would become our protagonist, and he is being led by a a what did you say a prophet of the miracle or a scholar of the miracle? A scholar of the miracle. Uh, okay, Deus Dias. Yes, there's a lot. This game is rooted in Spanish uh, theology and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of names. This game actually has a, a incredible Spanish dub that even if you don't know it, it sounds nice to listen to. But moving on. So yes, this scholar of the miracle is leading a nameless, I guess you'd say like a nameless warrior who belongs to a church called the Brotherhood of Silent Sorrow. And they have taken an oath yes. of silence in the name of the miracle. And that first of all, pants. I just want to say that the des- oh, wait, I haven't we haven't got to his name yet, but then I'll ramble about that. So he's led <laughs> and given a full exposition on basically this is why you exist. The miracle has essentially burdened these lands, but someone will also be chosen by the miracle to become the new first son, and we believe that to be you. And he guides you to this priestess who is pounding this effigy that became the sword. And then you pull it from her, wielding the mighty mea culpa, to which you are then given the name the Penitent One. And the statue was the kneeling stone. Yes. And then along comes someone from a similar but different church. I don't think it ever actually says, but we meet a character uh, called... The Rapt say? A- uh, Chris Santa of Rapt Agony. Yes. And her whole purpose is to protect Escobar. Yep. And the the actual turned throne. So when the penitent one, the main character, rises up with the mea culpa, which is a representation of Custodia's guilt, uh, she takes him down and gives him his first kneeling, as it's called, and says, yep. if you actually were tr- chosen by the miracle, you will rise again. Then get to second kneeling. Yes. Surprisingly badass. And then, this is where our game opens, you arise from a pile of corpses similar to yourself. Yep, essentially your your brotherhood has been killed. <laughs> yep, yep, you are the last of yours working the, the, the will of the miracle, which is also somehow working against you. It's very, very peculiar. Uh, and yeah, this is where we open up. And this is where the the actual game starts, right? And I guess with you... the, with that kind of set the stage, your whole job, your whole role in this is to take place of Escobar's uh, throne. He's a, he's and... a false prophet, and you are a true prophet, essentially. Yes, because when Escobar died, when he was turned into a tree, essentially that's what happened. Yeah. Um and burned he was brought back by the miracle as a crimson form and this whole thing was because they still needed a father of the or sorry not a father the father is twisted one who was the boy he's the first son of the miracle he's the first son of the miracle and they still needed someone to be taken place of the throne even though it was turned yeah so to keep the religion alive your whole penance is to rise up face the challenges the miracle has put in place and take over the throne to bring peace to the world. And yeah, we open up in the uh, the church of the Brotherhood of Silent Sorrow and uh, 
you get up from the pile and you make your way to the right. First thing in this game, bam, boss fight. Boss fight. And yeah. it's it's so funny thinking the first time I played this, I had no real experience with quote unquote difficult games. And this thing actually gave me a challenge. Now I'm looking at it, it's like I don't understand how I actually had a challenge with this. This oh, was just it was cake. Just crushes you the first time. Just so your first boss is called the Warden of the Silent Sorrow. So basically it seems to be this giant who is protecting this church of corpses you came from. And yeah, he just comes from the sky and just crushes down at you with what looks like a giant candelabra in his hand, and he's large and he's intimidating and he's actually surprisingly easy. But he will catch you off guard, and you will just the game gets real right away. It teaches you the controls really quick. <laughs> it does, and it all teaches the basic mechanics of the fact that you can slide under things. Um, you got it. You got to hit with that sword, which I just got to say, oh, oh, it sounds so good to hit things with that sword. And, and the cinematics. We we've already said that the pixel art is like pretty on point it's it's really really nice looking the cinematics are all pixelated and to see that scale of pixel art and to have it look as good as it does threw me off at first oh it's it's but absolute work of art and and in in blasphemous fashion this can be a gory game well the beautiful thing is when you do finally overcome this first boss you get that super satisfying, the entire screen goes red except for a silhouette of you cutting through the boss, and... Yes. Oh, what does it say when you kill bosses? Is it, it's surprisingly badass, but I also think it's in Spanish. Oh, yes, it is in Spanish. Um, I forget, to be honest. Oh, something Requiem or something like that, I can't remember. Um, Eternum Requiem? Something, something along those lines. But either way, it's it's very cool. And then a cutscene plays, which is very rare. But this this is the most metal thing ever. Oh God! Where and you... I don't even know if it 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 explains what it's doing. Like the whole idea behind it, does it? I don't care. It's cool as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so you just get this short cutscene of you cut open into the giant that you just killed. And a whole bunch of blood pours from its wound as you fill your helmet up with it and then just dump it on your head. And then blood pours from the tears <laughs> of the helmet on the face. And it's just so fucking metal. Oh, my God. So, and as soon as, as that cutscene played... As for the actual character design, oh. the, that's something that we should have said. Is like the, the whole helmet that this, uh, the Brotherhood of the Silent Sorrows wear, so in turn, the main character that you're controlling wears, is like a spiral with thorns on it. Yes, and you, very you, you tall don't and actually pointed. see the character's face. Nope. It's all like this giant metal helmet well, he's, that covers he has, the face too. He, he's not to speak or to be to known. He's of the silent uh, Brotherhood of the Silent Sorrow. His penance is not to speak, which is the same with uh, Chrysanta, how her helmet has hands over the eyes. Because yes, they're... because she had to give up sight. Yes, and I thought that was a re this game is just full of really cool details. But yeah, it has a tall spiraling helmet, which is to attune yourself to the miracle. And some people might see this and think it's racist imagery, but it's actually not. And I will leave that at that. No. Yes, if uh, if you know much about, because uh, this game takes a lot of 
favors and liberties with Christianity in Spain. It's amazing how like for the, how heavily rich this game is in theological influence. None of it has to do with actual real world religion. Like they made up their no, entire no, abs- faith. Absolutely not. And of course it's it's allegories left and right. Yeah, but it's not the same thing. And I think they were did a really good job of doing that. They did a really good job of coming up with their own thing and spin on it. Yeah. To no, tell I, a tell a story. I really liked it, but yeah, you, you dump you dunk the bucket of blood on your head, the bucket being your helmet, and now we're <laughs> real we're really ready to get into blasphemous. Yes. And I mean, let's be honest, the the healing in this game, you get uh bile flasks, which are just flasks dark. full of blood that, that you slam on your face. Great from Dark Souls, but also in Dark Souls, you drink it. You don't just smash it against your face. (laughs) And it's the most, everything about the Penitent One is like, he is so fucking badass. He doesn't give a fuck. No, no. Even when he He just cares about completing his penance. Yep. No, he's very straightforward. And I don't know why it's really funny. I think it's just because of the April Fool's thing that they put out. But just when you're idling for a bit, and then just a, some blood starts leaking out of the tears oh, of the yeah, mask, yeah, he just, yeah. you know, <laughs> just puts it back in. Just wipes yeah. it off like it's, it's an actual tears. It's like it's a like, minor oh, inconvenience. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, excuse me, I'm leaking again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you, oh, you leave. Oh, gross. You leave the Church of the Brotherhood of Silent Sorrow and you make your way out into Custodia and you traverse some swampity swamps where there's ghouls and ghouls. Wheel skeletons. The, the enemies skeletons are really cool holding, game, holding wheels. Yeah, I just don't know how to describe them. Like, are they religious fanatics who have just been, I guess, mutated? Well, so some of them were swallowed up by the, by the ash, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you have and the, the ones that... who didn't get sw- who swallowed up by the ash, but they didn't transform. Were hung up, and they're they can be found all along throughout the game as they're just tied up, uh, like almost dismembered human beings that are on their last life, like hung up to to uh posts and religious symbols in the background. Crucifixion. Yeah. Yeah. But not not just crucifixion, but yeah, they, they hang them up for the birds. Yeah, pretty oh, much. The enemy variety in this game is absolutely wild. But this first area just kind of has a little more humanoid guys. They just seem like you've almost like cultists and religious fanatics. But well, a couple one, of them look like nuns. One, <laughs> ones that attack you nuns with, with wagon knives. wheels. The nuns with knives are hilarious because I know the first time I played this game, it just slowly walks towards you. It's not like it's like Tonberry. And yeah, I'm thinking, OK, it's going to get close to me and it's going to do a swipe. No just walks into you with knife out forward and you're just dumb enough to stand there and let it happen. And, you know, that's your that's your first basic enemy in the game and then you get to the guys with the wheels and then you start experimenting with this game's parry and counter system. Yes. And it Which is... Which is just wonderful. It's easy to pull off. And once you start getting off. used to the parry, this game actually becomes pr- from difficult to pretty simple in that sense. It's still kind difficult, of, but, it, but it makes it super satisfying. Oh, it does. Just the, just the clash that it makes when you get that parry off and that yep. slice back afterwards, the counterattack, is just yep. so satisfying. And when you 
oh, when you pull off this parry, a lot of the times you are rewarded with this game's most unnecessary and awesome mechanic. There is what would be, I guess, your equivalent in something like Doom, like glory kills, and they are the most brutal fucking things I've ever seen. Oh, God. Oh. There are some really good ones. Like, the, the guys who just, like, or the the women that go up to you with the giant shields. Oh, and you just step on the shield and crush them? You just step on the shield and crush them. Oh, it's, it's so it's, good. This what game is, it is with gory the wheel? What is it with the wheel guy? Do you just pick up his wheel and smash it into him? Yeah. Yeah, oh. essentially. You, you kick him on the ground, grab his wheel, and slam it into his skull and crushing it. I think one of the coolest ones, and I'm jumping ahead a bit, but there's this enemy later that's like a giant stone statue with a casket <laughs> on its back, and you end up knocking it to the ground. You just punch through this stone casket to pull the corpse out of it to slam that into the stone giant to kill it. Yeah. The penitent one only seeks violence and acquisition of guilt. Yes. Which it's is the actually only plot relevant. <laughs> Violence and guilt to cover up and hold the weight of sins. Yeah, so, well, no, we'll we'll save that until we get into the actual spoiler part. But, yep. yeah, so you make your way into, past the swamp, to your first little town known as Albero, and... Well, not, not quite, because before you get there, you come across a nice little guy, you could say, called Deo Gracias. Oh, elf on a shelf. Yes. <laughs> So this this guy he's he's wicked looking honestly like I remember the first time I saw him I was just he's tall I don't want to say blown pointy, away but just and he, he's yeah, incredibly he detailed looks like an elf incredibly detailed he's his arms are tied with rope to his sides and he's just there so they can only hold like a sheet of paper and it has he's just a messenger of the miracle and his face is just a giant knot yeah. Um, rope in a circle a bunch of times. Yeah, his, his face has been bound. Yes, absolutely. Very and polite guy. Very polite guy. His whole his penance is to guide whoever the miracle chooses on what the penitent one needs to do to take over the throne. And he tells you about Escobar. Uh, tells you how the mother of mothers, the church that Escobar uh, is in at the top of, the door is sealed and will only open uh, since the whole burning of the tree once three humiliations has happened. And these three humili humiliations were caused by the miracle in order to prevent anyone from getting to Escobar. Do you remember what they were it, called? Uh, the humiliation of attrition, compunction, yeah. and... Uh, Contrition. Contrition. Yes. yes. So, do you know what these words mean? I did. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. So, because I know, I know. One of the first times I I played this, uh, I I looked it up because I was more curious about it. So, attrition is essentially to do something by force and take something by violent means, and contrition and compunction are along the lines of feeling remorse and guilt for what one does. Right. Yeah. So, this... I will be honest, the plot of this game definitely goes over my head, but in a way that I still kind of understand. Yes. But 
all the same. Yeah. So it's, it's taken some videos of uh, some lore videos to have it all pointed out because it playing the game just similar to Dark Souls. If you aren't reading everything and understanding everything right when you come across it, you're going to have a hard time actually following. You're just you're just playing the game and you're just hitting stuff with your sword, which sounds so good. Which it, it does sound good and it's a good time. And admittedly, yeah. that's how my first time went. But yeah. learning the story and then linking it up with the game. Oh, it's just so much better. Oh, no. The first time I played this game, it was very much, okay. <laughs> I, still well, had I had a no great idea time. what the hell was going but, on. Yeah, I'm not about to tell you what <laughs> was going on. Um, so, yes, this, uh, this Deo Gracias delivers you essentially the plot. He gets it kind of going for you. And this is where the game gets video gaming, where it's like you have three MacGuffins, one north, one middle, one south go yes and this is something i think blasphemous does really well for its quote-unquote metroidvania style is it's very open in the beginning yes so which that, way that's, that's one thing it's it's a metroidvania but it's really not no metroidvania light <laughs> so which way do you normally go when you are making your choice uh so i've gone a different way each time almost okay my so first the first time, time I, I played, went I went up. up to the charred visage. Visage. Yeah, that was the first uh, way I went. But mainly now I go down toward uh, uh, what's his name, Ten Piedid. Oh, see, I usually do him last, which is funny because I think he's supposed to be done first. I think so. Yeah. But lately, I've been going down into the sewers. Okay. Yeah, and the sewers and going are for those. Oh God, Trey Agastias. Yes. Yeah. So I three think, three sisters. I hate and, them all. Oh, sometimes it's the easiest boss fight. Sometimes it's the hardest. And but I'd say we start with Ten Piedad, which is the the path straight forward over to the Mother of Mothers, and it's kind of like. It's like a crumbling ruins countryside. It's surprisingly what I would call the most normal of the biomes in the beginning of the game, which is, yep. again, which makes me think it's more do this at the beginning, right? You don't have to, but it almost implies that it wants you. And then you get to, eventually, after some difficult traversal and exploration, you get to Ten Piedad, which is what we'll call the first boss in this instance. And what an and introduction. Just... Oh, God. It's so, so Ten Piedad cool. is pretty much laying on a throne with a statue. It's, it's like a fake throne, if you will. A stone just kind of cobbled together. We've all done as kids, put things together and make a, our own throne type of thing. Yep. And... One of the statues that the throne's made out of, when you walk into the room, he just kind of gets pissed off that you're there, rips the head off the statue, and whips it at your feet. Yep. And then roars at you. And yeah, to and give you an idea, this, like, like that. Tree beast monster. I, I think the best way to describe it is like a combination of a demon and plant with the body of a human and a skeleton, a skeletal head of a goat. You know what the best way I would describe it is to people who understand what I'm talking about? It is painfully look the cleric beast. Yeah, yeah, and that kind of makes think, sense. I think Ten Piedad looks a lot like the cleric beast, and he acts a lot like the cleric beast. And he's pretty easy. And, yeah, he's he's not difficult by any means. Uh, uh. Well, first-time players, probably yes, but like, like any game, once you get used to it, you start getting good at it. 
right? Yeah, you, you give and, him a bit of a slight. He's got a lot of really easy tells. I think what does what can he really do? Like he does the whole punch with the thing in the ground and brings up a bunch of like tree roots out of the ground for you and. Yep, and a lot of these bosses have multiple faces. So, well, they might have uh, similar uh, damaging moves and same tells. They could be enhanced. So, ten p a dead when he slams into the ground at the beginning first half of the the match. Uh, it'll only bring up three on either side, little trees, uh, sprouts, if you will, um, that can do damage to you. But more past half his health gone, it'll spread out to like six, for example. And, it'll st- and most of them start to get in a bit faster, too. Yeah, but he goes down pretty easy, in which you are awarded with your very first Holy Humiliation, which is yes. just a trip. Um, you essentially go to this area, which seems to be like the resting grounds of a priest or something, and then you kneel down to pray to it. You are taken to this other world, which is, I guess, like a dream state for communicating it- with the will of the miracle. It is actually part of the dream. Yeah. Which which we'll get more into in the spoiler cast. Yeah. Uh, and you meet this giant skull with a golden melting face. And it yes. awards you with your first of the three holy humiliations. And then you move on to... Uh, I like going north. North is a lot of fun because it's... Now, I was thinking about this actually earlier today. Is it snow or is it ash? Um, it's snow. It is. Oh, true, because the guy freezes. This is where yes. the olive trees go to uh, wither. Yes. Yeah. Which the guy who star- trapped in the tree, who just wants the gemmule of olive. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. So yeah, uh, kind of like the Souls games. Um, we're comparing a lot because they do share a lot of similarities, especially in the the lore and storytelling quest setup. Yeah. Um, a lot of side quests that you can do. So one that we didn't talk about in the main city of Alberto, uh, or is it Alberto or Albero? No T. Sorry. No T. No um, there's the the Kisser of Wounds, otherwise known as the the hospital <laughs> for for a lot of the people who have uh suffered wounds in the world or suffered disease like symptoms and are on the brink of dying and you can bring them different uh herbs and remedies that you find out in the world and start saving people and the more people that you save the more the town kind of grows and it doesn't seem like there's much purpose to it until later on when the church there opens which is just micro church We'll call it in comparison to the rest of the game. And that is where you can drop some of your Tears of Atonement. Oh yeah, we haven't talked about currency. No. Tears of Atonement are the currency of the game. So everything that you kill, you get Tears of Atonement. And then you can send those in for blessings. Essentially currency. Yeah. So And then you get rewards, which we won't talk about right now. uh, For donating so much. But then you also need those tiers of atonement for gaining level ups, uh, or not level ups, but different yeah, there's abilities. There's no levels in this game. There, there, there's no levels, no. But yeah. different abilities that you can get. There's different abilities, and then you'll also run into NPCs who might sell you things or upgrade things for you for some yep. tiers and some maybe other items that you'll find along the way. Yep. So, then- yeah, uh, you come across this guy, Gemino, and he's just kind of like, he's in like this metal cage and he can't 
move away from one of the trees like near the beginning of it and he gives you like a thimble and he just wants uh uh what what is it he wants just like so, olive so he oil? wants yeah so there's this oil that they use up at the church at the top of the mountain and it's scalding oil and he's basically doomed to a frozen fate but he wants this oil so he can at least feel a small bit of warmth before the cold eventually overtakes him and i think you get there, you give it to him, you leave, you come back, he's dead, and he's got, like, a the frozen olive charm for you. Yep. Or maybe the frozen olive is another item for an NPC. I can't remember, but it, it's... It's 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 a frozen olive. He gives you a frozen olive, yes. And it has some significance. Everything has significance somehow in this game. And moving on, you make your way up to the top. And this was, this was a really cool boss fight. Uh, that's Our Lady of the Charred Visage. Yes. And the whole story, like she was in a massive accident, but she was one of the, the holy ones that uh, was trusted by Escobar or something like that. I'm I'm trying to remember the exact uh, story, but uh, they coded her face in gold. <laughs> yeah, half her face is covered in gold and part of her brain's shown. <laughs> yeah. She's a little charred. She is of the charred visage and she has a charred visage. And she's a pretty easy boss fight as well, I found. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, so she was worshipped because of her beauty. Um, and when the fanaticism uh, became too much, uh, she dunked her head in uh, oh, boiling in the oil. boiling oil, yes. And when the miracle noticed, uh, this act of contrition blessed her with a face that would be smoldering eternally. So she was then worshipped for, for being, uh, something from the miracle. Anyways. Yes, it's basically if you've been given some kind of torturous effect from the miracle, everyone's just like, oh, "This is a holy person." Yeah. So, so yes, you, regardless you, of she, she couldn't get away. You defeat her and her giant laser hands, and oh, <laughs> so that makes wild. sense why you get the uh, the contrition. Yeah. Yep, you get your second holy wound, and then if you're like Josh, you go last, or like me, you go first, into the sewers, which there's a little bit more to going to the sewers than just, oh, wait, no, sewers is its own thing, but you can branch off and go into the mountains, which take you over to Hondo, which is the giant upside-down bell. Yes. Oh. So which is an area where you gotta you gotta unshackle the bell and let it fall, and then that brings you into the next area, uh, which is the grievous. Oh, what's it called? Grievous ascent. Grievous ascent. Yeah. Which is where which you is... will eventually get to Trey Angustius. I think this is a really I'm, cool I'm bad boss. With this I kind know. Of names. I know you hate this. But I, I really liked this boss because oh, something we haven't mentioned, and it is also one of those things that's just the many things the penitent does, one does to seem like the most badass, but there's wood planks all along the side of the wall, and you'll find these wood planks in the game every now and again, and you can wall climb them, and he does it by just jumping and jabbing his sword into it. Yeah, just so it's, cool. It's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so a lot of this fight involves a lot of like wall climbing with this mechanic and fighting off these three ghostly ladies. One's, or one has like a mace and two have spears. And it's a yep. three-on-one fight and it's a constant moving platform fight, which is all signs of things that are very frustrating. But I don't know. I think it's just that really badass wall climb. I think it's 
just makes the fight for me. I mean, I, it it is a good fight, but it's one of my least favorite fights. Um, we'll get is, into some of my more favorite fights later on. It is quite frustrating, but yeah, with that, you have acquired your third holy humiliation, and uh, yes, which this you, one is. Which one do you remember? Compunction, I think it might be compunction. Yeah, yeah, and. Then you are ready to approach the big bridge and uh, enter or make your ascent at least towards the mother of mothers, which should we, is this where we say like, we've given you enough? Before, let's talk about Estras. So each area that you enter into, like, this is a level before the boss. Let's talk about it in in video game standpoint. Uh, As you enter that door that kind of leads you toward the level before the boss, you get like a small, not cutscene, but in-game cutscene, I guess, uh, where this guy dressed in red and gold armor and holding a mace comes running up and he's like talking to his sister who's dead. And this is going to be important come the spoilers, but um, saying that, don't worry, sister, I have this essentially. I'm I see him, I'm going to get him, I don't need your help, and I will protect the mother of mothers. And he's essentially the guard for the mother of mothers. His penance is to make sure that no one can enter. Um, So that's why he's kind of following you to each of these uh, holy wounds that you're going to get off the holy visages. Is it visages? Visage. Yes. Visage? Visage. Visage. Holy visage. I'm not smart enough to replicate the language. <laughs> Words. It's actually an English word. Is it? Yeah. Well, I'm still not smart enough to replicate <laughs> the language. Okay. Well, we, we've we've talked plenty of times on this podcast how I can't English write. You don't speak none too good. <laughs> so before we start getting into the deep later part, let's uh let's let our pre-spoiler people in on uh, some more gameplay stuff we haven't touched on. Yeah, so there's, uh, let's start off with spells. There's spells or prayers that you can come across. And so aside from your health, you do have your quote-unquote mana or fervor, as it's called, and use that to to cast spells. So one spell I usually have enabled, and I don't know about you, it's it's actually one of the first ones that you get, depending, all depends on the, what I'm fighting and what I'm generally around, but it's the, uh, yes. You slam the sword into the ground, and two of these circle spinning blades come flying out of either side of you, and they follow the ground that you're on. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. I don't think I've ever used that. Really? Oh, it is so handy, because the further away it goes, the slower it moves. So if you're a decent way, if you have some distance, it'll hit them a lot of times and do some good damage as you're farther away. Oh, that's cool. No, I would... I would use the, there's one where, I think most of them are triggered by you just slamming your sword into the ground, right? That's kind of his whole performing Some of them, ritual yeah. for them. And I would use either the one that's the straight, uh, straightforward laser beam. I did like the one that was like the big area of effect beam that goes up, especially for getting some of those hidden things that you have to hit. Uh, yep. But the one that I use the absolute most, because it is so broken <laughs> is uh, the one you get from a rather lengthy quest line that comes later in the game 
that just allows you to not take damage for a period of time. So as as a quick question, and I'm going to say the name because I don't think it's going to spoil anything just hearing the name. Uh, is yeah. that from Cleofest? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. And yeah, just absolutely busted. Um, <laughs> and but there is just a wide variety of spells and stuff like that that you can get. And there's some other cool ones. Some of them might give you like a vampirism effect or like an attack buff or yep. just really cool magic attacks. Uh, but I like I like the more defensive ones because I'm incredibly reckless with games like this. Yep. So there are I, spells. I can believe that. There are also all sorts of different ways that you can augment your character, the first of which being the bracelets. Or not the bracelets, the rosaries. Yes. Yeah, and they're just little little charms that can have different little buffs, and they're very minor, but they can change things just enough in your favor, like a small increase in health or damage or certain elemental resistances or speed, but... Sometimes There's so many. So the There's thing so that many. I really liked about Blasphemous is like even when you tweak its gameplay, it's different enough for you to feel improvement, but it doesn't make the game feel any different at all. Not really, no. I mean, no. You, you can give things that'll... Uh, you can change up your, your builds, essentially. Like if, yeah. if you look at it almost like an RPG in that sense, you can change up your builds to give yourself a bit of a cutting edge, but at the same time, you're still dealing with a difficulty yeah the game itself is still going to have the same challenge that it would otherwise just a little bit more tailored to your preferences as where yes then you have the much more critical buffs and debuffs so the rosaries you can you only start with what like you can equip two but you can eventually at some point equip like eight of them on you and you can make yourself pretty powerful in that sense and then you have inside your sword the mea culpa you can insert different hearts into it and now these ones are a lot more critical that they make much bigger difference to how you play, but they all come with a really big downside as well. I was going to say, so, they have a pro and a con, a risk yeah. and reward to them. So for example, you might do more damage when you're at low health, but you'll take more damage or something along those lines. Yep. And I really good, like good that example. Whole... Uh, Heart of Oils, which increases your sword attack. I have it up here, actually. Uh, sword attacks deal 30% more damage, uh, but it doubles all damage taken. Yeah. Yeah, so it's so. it's a very interesting way to change the game in a much more drastic way. Yes. Uh, and then there's, of course, the Mea Culpa itself, which you don't level up in this game, but you can level up your sword, and this always felt really good to do. Uh, you got me confused there. Yeah, so there are the certain places that you can find where I think you can level up the sword seven times. And this is when you start unlocking, yes. like, the different sword skills, right? Because at the beginning of the game, you just have that basic three-hit combo. But yep. you'll eventually, and each time you do this, the sword does a little bit more damage, and you can usually unlock a skill of your choice. So, But that, like that is attack. upgrading the mea culpa, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. The, the sword levels up. You don't. Right. Yes. It's not presented as a level up, but it's, it's the same concept. Uh, right. But yes. these are few and far between because you only get these from, like, these really rare statues in the world that you come across pretty much through major progression. A lot of them would be after bosses. 
And some of them are hidden behind uh, hidden walls. Yeah. Because yeah, that is got... something that this game will do. It will hide things behind walls that don't look like they should be hit. It's got hidden walls. It's got all the best trappings of these kind of things. And yeah, the sword upgrades would be where you expand your general attacks. You end up unlocking a plunging attack. You can do like an upwards uppercut kind of thing. Your dash slice and small changes that make a big difference to the gameplay to in the overall. Yes, and each uh, each new statue that you can upgrade your mea culpa at. Yep. Each new one that you find does increase the actual damage that it provides. Yes. And then, of course, on the smaller scale of things, but when you get to it, you're <laughs> you're going to be a little little surprised because it's wild visuals in this game. But of course, you can upgrade your health. Um, yes, that threw me off so much. Holy oh yeah, no, oh, you you think boss fight, <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, more health, sick. <laughs> and you can upgrade your magic or your fervor, as it's called in this game. You do have a basic projectile attack, which is just that kind of boomerang of blood thing that you can do. Which is unlocked with the mea culpa. Yep. Yep. So, all sorts of Were you of talking different... of the Lady of the Six Sorrows? Is that the one that upgrades your health? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Terrifying. And then very nice. Yeah, that's it's, it's a topless woman with six swords in her chest. The... Did she also have more than one head? No, just one head. Just one head? Okay. Very graphic game. Very wonderful yes. game. And, and one, one sword coming out of her hand. The only other major mechanical thing that I can think about is... I can't remember what they're called, but the things that you equip to yourselves to basically... It's for relics. traversal and stuff. Yes, the relics. Relics. And... Yes, and they... A uh, good example is... Because you already said for traversal and stuff, but uh, nail uprooted from dirt, which negates all effects of mud and water. So generally, like in the sewers, if you're in uh, knee-deep water, you are very, very sluggish. You can't jump high, you can't run fast, or run your normal speed. Or the silver lungs of Dolphos, which negates the poison mist that you'll find in the sewers. Which I well. never found. I did eventually <laughs> find it on a subsequent playthrough, but... Yeah, for the most part, I just power through the poison, which, for those who don't know, just does little That's, bits it's, of it's pimp impressive. damage every second and so. Yeah. Oh, it was a very frustrating part of the game where I was like, what? This can't be right. I must be missing something. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's mechanics. Are we, uh, are we, are we going to head to the Do we want to talk about finale? any of the start of the side quests? And we'll finish <sighs> up the side quest stuff? Like, I, I just want to talk about Redento. We can talk about Redento. I love Redento. Redento's great. Yeah. He's just, uh, so he, he's you Mr. first Magoo. find this guy out. <laughs> he's... <laughs> okay. So, so you, you find him right uh, before Yondor. Uh, Yondo, which is yep. the upside down bell place. Yep. And he doesn't know how to cross a thing because he's on his own journey. He's having his, his own adventure. And this guy is an old man. And to show his penance and his faith to his uh, his Lord based on or the miracle based on his religion is he has a weight around his neck. So he's hunched over and he has uh, his hands are tied behind his back. Yep. And uh, what is he? 
There's something on his feet. Okay, so his whole thing is that he is on a pilgrimage, and throughout this pilgrimage, he is only allowed to look at his feet as he journeys. Right. Yeah, he's just he just kind of knows that you're staying. I don't know if he could just like he catches a glimpse of your foot or something. He goes, "Oh, hello, friend." Um, yeah, but he's Redento, just so cheery. Redento is just so happy to be suffering, but he just can't quite make it along his way. So there will be multiple points where you help Redento cross something, or maybe kill a couple enemies are in his path. There's a few different things that occur with Redento. Oh, his feet are tied together. Yes. So he shuffles yes. along. He shuffles um, along. And so eventually you are trying to help him get to this statue that is basically like the head of his religion, which is, you know, the reason why they do this particular ritual. And should we just get right to the end of his quest? <laughs> <laughs> in in the spoiler bit. Okay, so remember Redento, the cheery little man Redento. who is forced to is look it? at his feet as he shuffles along and you help him yeah, get by. You, you find him by a door another time shortly after, which is right near the beginning, actually, because the world does wrap around, and yep. that's where you kind of get the Metroidvania bit. Um, but you're you're just coming and helping him in some of the most ridiculous moments, and it's you understand why it's difficult for him. Yeah, but at the same, because I mean, his hands are tied behind his back. He can't look forward, and his light feet are tied together. He's shuffling around. Yeah, but uh, each time you help him, he does give you a uh, rosary bead uh, item that you can. And his have. are the best because his are all like agility based. Yes, give you like <laughs> a faster no sense, dodge yes. or faster walking speed. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, but. So yeah, eventually he'll get to Mother Mothers, and that's where anything past Mother Mothers is where it's going to be spoiler territory. So, um, one of the other side quests, uh, I don't think it's in Mother of Mothers, but it's uh, the Bride. Where was the Bride? No, the Bride's underneath Albero, but you would find some of the stuff that she needs in the Mother of Mothers. Okay. And then there's also, yeah, that... I can't... I can't remember his name, but he's the guy who upgrades your bile fast. Okay, so you walk into yes. this room, oh, Jesus. and there's this there's this giant, but he's got the face of a boy, because for some reason the miracle is punishing him by de-aging him, but also punishing him by having a face grown of his chest. And it is Nascimiento. the most... Oh yeah, that's, that's a name. That's a pronunciation. That's, that's, it. that's his name. I'm yeah, not even going to try to tackle that. Um, no, I try my yeah. best. He he figures he can serve the miracle by, you know, hopefully by helping you out on your penance. He will... He's trying to reduce his sentence. His, his, uh, his uh, whole torture. Yeah, and it just gets worse and worse. <laughs> game. <laughs> oh my god, it's just... one of the most disturbing so... parts of this fucking game. Based based on some of his dialogue, though, I feel like he was an older man. He was, yes, and then so his his face is de aging, but yes. he's also just and got he, this... he says straight, "This is why I look like a child now." Yeah, a giant child. Yes. Yeah, and then just this old man in his chest, just poking out of his chest. Yeah, it just gets worse and worse the more he helps you. Yeah. Yeah, he figures once he's completely helped you, he might be free of it. And the only thing that gets free is this old man who just crawls up to <laughs> die and lay there. And they're just both dead now. 
Oh, it's horrible. Uh, it's absolutely horrible. Um, with the silver, I bless the mixture that will recover your spilled blood. Yeah, yeah. Bring me the quicksilver. Yeah, so I may kill this old man baby in my body. Yes. Oh, gross. Um, well, should we should we move on to the mother of mothers? This we we're, we're we're getting well along here. Yes, yes, we are. Uh, right, so this spoiler is be a warning episode, I think. So, spoiler warning, uh, we are going to go into the Mother of Mothers. We're going to start uh, not caring too much about what we talk about uh, in a sense of trying to dance around the point, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, spoilers in three, two, one. Mother of Mothers, when you enter, you come across Deo Gracias again, standing beside the knot of the three... Uh, what is it? Not, um, not of the three wills. Not of the three wills, which is the essentially where the the child asked for Jesus the, tree. The Jesus tree. Yeah. Yes. I th I think he's actually known as the twisted one. Yes. Yes. So let's just call him the twisted one for now. All right. Um, but this is where the first miracle took place by the grievous miracle. Uh, tells you that now that you've entered the Mother of Mothers, you can start heading toward Escobar and take over his throne. Uh, you kind of get stopped because uh, you need to find three masks to be able to use an elevator to get to the top. Um, stop me if I'm forgetting anything because I'm doing uh, quick points here, just main story points. Yeah. Uh, or progression, rather, not even points. Uh, that's when you come across a fight with Chris Santa. Well, okay. Agony. Before before we get to her, because that's jumping right ahead, I just want to touch on the bosses to get these masks, because the bosses are so okay. cool. So the, the first wait, one. I was going to go back to the bosses, but yeah, let's uh, let's go to the bosses because the bosses are fantastic. So the first one I want to talk about, and possibly my favorite boss in the game, just because it's such a ridiculous visual, is uh, <laughs> M M Melicades, the exhumed archbishop. And he's just this well-adorned skeleton pope <laughs> laying down while these hands raise him up, and he just jabs at you with his pope stick. And Yes. Like, he's the most, like, it's, the visuals are so detailed, and yet he's this very comical-looking skeleton. He's just hanging out. Yeah, and your whole the whole gimmick for fighting him is you just you whack away at the hands that are lifting him, but they just lower him down, and then you whack away at him. Uh, yeah, I like Melody. It's it's quite the thing. Happy. Yeah. Uh, what about what about the next one? You want you want to take the floor on that one? Uh, are we talking about Exposito? Uh don't like this one. No, this, this, like one this one is one at all. <laughs> this one is just yeah, located in the sleeping canvases. Um, with scariest it sounding boss. fucked up, scariest this boss. is pretty fucked up. Yeah, scariest boss. Yeah. So it's it's like a a wicker it's... man holding a young child, a giant right? young and the child. child. It's a giant young child. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's holding him under the armpits right up. And the thing is like 20 size, times the size of you. Um, the child has a blindfold on and is bleeding from the eyes. Yeah. And I think, I don't know what it is, but like the actual fight is the snake 
that's flying yeah. all over the place. Yeah, so you're basically fighting the Wicker Man kind of thing, and it has a kind of a snakish form, and it seems almost like you're fighting it for the baby's amusement, but you can't you can't forget about the baby, because if it gets too close to you, it'll just pick you up and rip you in half. I hate yes, it. it will hate pick it you up so like a much. doll. <laughs> it is, and it was that uh, execution of the penitent one that I remember seeing in the trailers. That's like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? Yeah, no, no, um, no. Punch is barred, and then yeah, eventually. Oh, it's a wicker should... woman. That makes sense. Yes, and the snake has like a human face on it. Yeah, with a that's scorpion the weak tail. Point. And it's funny because I always thought it was like an umbilical cord, like one end of an umbilical cord. Oh which, yeah, I see we, that. I, That's I, even weirder. It, yeah, it it does make sense because there are two ends of it. Yeah, yeah. So, and then you but have the uh, the mother of the child was burned at the stake for being a witch. That's the story behind it. And the blindfold was put on him so he wouldn't see her burn. And before she died, she asked someone to build a wicker figure in her likeness so that her son would not miss her. And it just goes downhill from there <laughs> with the Jesus. miracle causing. Torment amongst people. Everything about this game is so fucked up. Yes. Um, in the best way possible. Uh, and then it's, we it's have... So... This is probably my favorite boss fight in the game. And this is... Quarries? Uh, Kirse. Kirse returned by the flames. And he looks a lot like the penitent one. But he's got like this big fire sword. And he does these crazy teleports. And I don't know. It's just a really fun, fast, frantic fight. He, he, likes, his, uh, he likes his fire. That's for sure. Well, yeah, and he'll do the thing where, like, he dives hor horizontally across the screen, and then there's, like, the waves yeah. of fire, and then the pillars up and down. I don't know. It was a really, really good fight. It, it is a really to. fun fight. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and he is um, holed up in the prison. And the <laughs> Okay, so I feel like something we've been missing out on with this is just the, the, the little moments that occur in the mother of mothers. <laughs> um, so for example, all right, let's let's take it back to our good pal Redento. He's yes. dead now. He's dead now and he's dead it's so bad because he he finally gets to the his statue to finish his penance and he doesn't hear his god. Yeah. And he's like he's there crying and what has done wrong? What have I done wrong? And all this kind of thing and all the little toes, uh, stone toes that he's given you, if you put them all on your rosary bead, the statue will move, and he will thank you one last time and say thank you so much and all this kind of stuff and whatnot. If you leave the room, all you hear, will hear is a scream. <laughs> and you go back, and he's laying on the floor dead. Yep. Poor Regento. It's like, oh, yep. okay. He died. Um, one of my favorite moments... In the entirety of this game, it's just a few, <laughs> yeah, just a just a few rooms to the side where Redento dies. You walk in, and you are suddenly greeted with this giant bell to the face. Not and... not even that. Like you're walking along, there's enemies that kind of leap, so you're kind of like jumping, hitting them, and then you just like hear this whoosh, and it's like okay, okay. Then all of a sudden, it's just giant bell that takes up more than the screen just flies by hits all the enemies that are in the air and you and you pretty much die right from it and get sent right across the room and the best part is i'm never <laughs> even mad when it happens just because it's so funny no. it just sends you flying a... oh my god you just yeah you, you could be in like the most stressful part of the game 
looking for a save point or whatever, you just can't help but laugh. Also, for as frustrating as spike floors can be, it's always kind of funny when the penitent one lines and spikes because it's just just <laughs> yeah, it, spikes are instant death. Yep. So we'll say that. Yeah. Oh dear. He's just, he's just yeah, dead now. <laughs> like, yep. No drama. Just I told silence. you I'm dead. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, oh, that's some of the fun stuff. But yeah, you you defeat Kirsey. You uh, get yourself the last mask, and then you head up to the roof tops. Is it the rooftops, or is it just like I don't know if it's like a it's, big it's, balcony? It's the or rooftops. What. Yeah. It seems like it's, it's like the rooftops up to the final congregation spot. And the view of Custodia in the background is gorgeous. It is, because it, like Dark Souls, you can see places that you've been. It's great. And this is where you come to fight Chrysanta of the Wrapped Agony, who, oh. from the very beginning, she gave you your first kneeling. And she's there to protect Escobar. And give you your second, and however many it takes. And it will probably yes. take a few with this fight. <laughs> she could be a bitch. She she can hurt. Honestly, the first um, time I, I got to this boss, I was, I was not willing to let myself give up, but I was genuinely at a point where I'm like, I don't think I can do this. Yes. And you have to have that parry down with this game and not only yes. that you have to, oh it is just the most intense boss fight so one thing that i found helped me is there's a it's either a relic or a rosary bead that you can wear that lets you parry from the back ah uh, yeah yeah so that helps out a lot because she will warp from one side to the other doing dashes across the screen well if you have your parry too. it's perfect so something we actually haven't mentioned about this game, and it's it's handful of jank. Um, for as much as I love this game, it has the odd time where things don't don't just don't work as quite as well. They, this is a finely polished game. Don't get me wrong, but there's been a couple times where I've just been stuck floating beside a ladder, or um, an enemy is just stuck there. And I can't. I've had the enemies stuck there. I haven't been stuck on a like a floating ladder or something. I I think it was like when I was climbing a ladder and one of those like jumping guys that are in the bell room. They jumped up and hit me while I was on the ladder and just left me stuck in like the falling pose. Um, oh really? And the thing with Chrysanta, I don't know if this is supposed to be a mechanic, but there's sometimes when you do that parry, like she can still attack through it. I don't know. Yeah, I found it depend on where I did the parry or how soon it was when she would do her, like, really quick strike. But there would be times where she would still get through uh, the parry and do damage to me, which on the Castlevania mode made it way harder than it already was. Yeah, that would do it. I mean, but she's she's not an easy fight. No, she's not an easy Finding fight. And... Especially the DLC version, which we'll get to here shortly. Yes, but pre-DLC, um, you, you finally overcome Chrysanta, and before you can lay the finishing blow, she gets away. She, 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 does, she tells she you to essentially kill her, we've, we've bested her, and you just go ham on her, and she fucks right off. Yeah, she just can't, she <laughs> she can't like quite away. accept death, and so it's like, okay. Yeah. And then you ascend to the peak 
of the mother of mothers to Escobar's throne room to where the man yes. himself waits for you, that creepy red-skinned pope. Yes, the crimson-skinned Escobar. The first son of the miracle. Yes. His holiness Escobar, sorry. Yes. Um, so you beat him. He has uh, two faces, so once you beat him, after a bit of dialogue, of course, we're skipping that bit. We don't want to give everything away. First phase is the pulp, second phase is the nope. He's the pulp yep. of nope. So when you... Yeah, he, he kind of looks like the the pope in his first phase. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's kind of what they were going for, right? I, I think so. He is his um, holiness, after all. Yes, so once you deplete his health bar anyways he brings in a wave of ash and this is when you fight the last son of the miracle which is like his true crimson form inside a giant metal suit which looks and quite similar not... to yours but much creepier it looks more like pope hat instead of pointed hat yeah yeah and you've seen this a few times because there's been cutscenes with him speaking to you Throughout yeah, the which entire I, game. I did not catch until that boss fight, which I guess was the point. Yeah. Um, what did you think of this fight? Um, honestly, kind of disappointing. Especially after Chrysanta. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's. I get it. It's. It's a lot like the Sigma fight from the first Mega Man X. I don't know. Yeah, that's not exactly a bad thing, but it was kind of a tedious fight. The whole, so the whole thing is he has his face cased in with this helmet mask and there is this dagger floating around with this eyeball in it. You got to attack the eyeball dagger while dodging all sorts of attacks. And once you've attacked that enough, his face place will open up. You'll get a couple platforms you can jump up to and then you got to whack away at his face. But I found that sometimes the platforms were a little inconsistent with their timing and how long they would stay and the opening that yep. you would have. And it's just, it wasn't hard enough to be as it's, frustrating it's difficulties as it was. felt more frustrating than yeah. skill-based. Yeah, it was more tedious than challenging, which was kind of disappointing. It, it was fine. Yeah. But, but like you said, compared to the Chrysanta fight. Yeah, Chrysanta felt like a real final boss comparatively. And... Yeah, so that's you, you defeat Escobar, his his crimson face melts inside that armor, and he turns into a skeleton to which you are finally left confronting the mountain of ash, and at the yes. very top of it, Escobar's turned throne. And uh, So when you run up right right after Escobar's fight and the last son of the miracle, you go past the original throne room. To where the throne now sits upon that pile of ash. Deo Gracias is there saying that your penance has come to an end. You must go sit on the throne. And you go running up and you sink right into the ash. And so was his fate all <laughs> along. And Deo Gracias just pulls up your helmet out of the ash. And just hucks it onto a pile of these helmets. Of all the others <laughs> well, that failed he, before He wasn't him. it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So and that's that, ending A, the bad one. Yes, the bad one. So ending B, there are confessor statues all around Custodia. So before and, we do go into that, just a standard just disclaimer for people who aren't familiar with Metroidvanias. More often than not, 
they'll have a meh ending and then a 100% completion ending, which is what this is. Kind of, because you don't even have to 100% it, right? No, but it always has that, you know, extra steps, right? The true ending, if you will. Yeah. Which this has more than just this one. Yep. Which we'll get to because it's DLC. Uh, So, yeah, uh, there's confessor statues and there's a pure holy bead that you can attach to your rosary. Now, every time that you die, you leave behind a guilt fragment that you can go and collect and you will retrieve some of, because it doesn't take, in traditional souls fashion, it does not take all of your tears of atonement or the currency of the game. And so you can return, you can get what you failed. It does, until you collect that uh, guilt fragment, you cannot be at full health and you cannot be at full fervor. The fervor so kind one of important is the to... real damaging one, especially when you're yes. doing magic mode. Oh my god, is that ever a penalty? Oh, it would hurt a lot. Yeah. So these confessor statues will actually remove, if you pray to them and confess your guilt to them, they will remove your guilt fragments in the world. Now, you can also break them. And if you have turned that holy bead, the pure bead, into a uh, bead of sin, I think it's called. It's just it's a, in wrapped guilt? in guilt. Yes. Yes. You you essentially so die with it equipped the, three times. Uh, it's called the weight of true guilt. Right. Yeah. No, uh, that's the thorn. Is that the thorn? That's on the mea. Yeah, because the thorn's on the mea culpa. Mm. Um, you break the statue, and a little portal thing appears, and you can go in there, and gives you like a little challenge. And when you complete the challenge, you essentially absorb all the guilt that that statue was prayed to. Yeah, there's one in each area. So. It's almost like you're going around collecting the, all of the guilt in the land. Well, that's precisely what you're doing. That's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and thinking about it, so the allegory is very clearly the whole, you know, Jesus died for our sins thing. It's basically that, but way better. Yep. And yeah. if you think about it, the, the mea culpa is was spawned because of the guilt of the land. Yep. Right? Yep. So So the penitent once, one, his whole thing is just becoming the embodiment of all of humanity's guilt. Yes. So once you destroy all those confessor statues and you have the, what what was it called? The weight of true guilt. The weight of true guilt. Yes. It uh, once you have that, you go, you fight Escobar, and then you climb the Mountain of Ash. To which this time, with all the guilt weighing down, you are risen up. Because that is what the miracle wished. And you sit down on the throne, and you pierce the culpa into your stomach and die. To which roots start forming from your blood, your blood becomes sticky, and you become an embodiment of the guilt of Custodia as a tree. Just like the knot. The, the, t- the, the wicked one. The twisted one. The twisted one. Tree Jesus. Tree Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, you essentially take his place. And this is the thing that I found really cool. And now, context for people, this was the good ending for the longest time. Yes. Okay. Until the last DLC. So how I interpret it as, um, you died and essentially freed the world of all of its guilt, right? But you're... Essentially, your sacrifice was not taken the way that it was supposed to be taken, and you are worshipped in the name of the miracle anyway, and none of it matters. 
Um, in a sense, it was almost like yeah, the people it, got it, the wrong was... message from what you did. Well, they didn't stop sinning. Yeah, but also, which we'll get into when we get into the DLC talk. There's a reason, like the miracle didn't want sinning to stop. Oh no! It, um, it, there is much more to the the grievous miracle than just yes, yeah. So after credits, it's actually shown that Chrysanta pulls the mea culpa out of your stomach, out of your tree form, saying that this is not the right penance. So she, it's considered an act blasphemous, if you yes. will. Yes, yes, it is the most blasphemous act. And then we are waiting for what would assume to be a sequel, but would actually be later DLC. But before we yes. get to that DLC, side quest, we've got some skeletons to murder. Yes. Yeah, the, so this uh, didn't actually affect the ending, but this kind of went into... It was, it was pretty lore-heavy, but it was almost like lore that sat along to the side that was just really interesting. Yes. Because it was another also, example of the miracle, of... right? Yes, it was yeah. like the the true people who were kind of shunned. They like they used was... to be the ones that, and then Escobar kind of hopped in. They made the church instead of listening to the Amonasitas. Oh, that's called. what they. So they used to carry the twisted one on his throne. Yes. around to all of the people, and then yes, yes, eventually the twisted one was placed at the heart of the mother of mothers. So these. The Amanacitas, as they are called, uh, long dead, sealed away even. They were almost like the true guardians, or not even guardians, but like prophets of the Twisted One, you could say. And you gotta go kill them, and they're just really fun boss fights. That's And they will only rise up if you find the guy who will... Uh, oh, fuck, what does he Would, say? Wouldst thou make the bronze sing? Yes, the bronze sing. Oh, and, and this guy, this trumpet. guy is freaking creepy. He's creepy. He has but like he's a trumpet, nice. a trumpet he, that's he like nice, grafted but... to his forearm. Yes. Yeah. And think of this game so creepy and weird looking. I love it. It's, it's yeah. It's one could say blasphemous. It is blasphemous. Uh, oh, the, oh, there was yeah, three it, DLC packs. I remember now. Yes, Miriam. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> wacky side quest <laughs> B. Um, this game got a got a crossover with Bloodstained. So be, before we get into that, I will say um, one thing: there's an Easter egg room. Oh yes, that's right. I was actually going to say this is where we can before we get to this big true ending, we can talk about just some neat blasphemous things like Easter eggs and stuff. Yes. Uh, so speaking of Easter eggs, uh, Elden Ring. Have you found the Blasphemous Blade? No, but when I do, I do want to respec my build so I can use it just because that's <laughs> really cool. And it is it, so it it the was fact that given they called because it, of this game. Yeah, and the fact that they called it the Blasphemous Blade instead of the Mea Culpa, I mean I'd rather it was called the Mea Culpa, but I get it. But just yeah, the fact it's, that it's giving credit where credit's due, right? It's But the fact that this little indie gem was just it was good enough to be recognized by the people that it was took such inspiration from. I think that's really cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then there's the room, the room of references, if you will. Yes. There's a shovel knight. Is there a hollow knight? I think there's a hollow knight. There's 
a hotline Miami. Okay, Miami. you know what? I'm gonna pull it up. Yeah, find it because it's just like a room of portraits, right? Yeah, it's it's really neat. And as people who are indie fans, it's just great. But yeah, I um, guess. Oh, you got it. Yeah. So there's Unepic, okay. Shovel Knight. Yeah. Um, God, I do not know these other ones, but I feel like I should. See if I can figure it out here. Easter Egg Room. Yeah, just Easter Egg Room. Let's see what I can recognize in here. Just careful doing an image search because some of them will be spoiled for number two. I wonder if the night is just Dark Souls. I don't know what the food is. Rhyme, Crossing Souls, Unepic, Shovel Knight, uh, Crusader Rising. Hmm. Uh, is the and a sword is the protagonist from the game Matil Maldita Castiella, another Spanish game inspired by super ghouls and ghosts. Interesting. Or Dragon Lair. Oh, Matilda. I remember Matilda. Not Matilda. Is it not Matilda? M A L D I T A. Maldita? Yeah. I've been saying it wrong for years. If it's the game I'm thinking of anyway that took heavy inspiration from Ghosts and Goblins. Um, yeah. But yeah, there was there was also Maldita. the DLC pack where it got just random side content from Bloodstained where it was just time trial rooms and they were really fun and surprisingly like to the second challenging. So they were really good, the ones I did do. However, this is my biggest gripe with Blasphemous. This game was not meant for that kind of platforming. Oh, you gotta have the, that am pogo the amount jump of times mastered. the the pogo jumping in this game is horrible. Oh, forgot it's like it's like wall Just jumping horrible. in Super Metroid. You have to. <laughs> got to do it perfectly and even sometimes perfectly won't cut it no because yeah. if it's too long like a split second too long the amount of times that i have dove done a dive bomb right into uh spikes which yep. are instant death yep. plunge attack I, to your doom. I, this is this is the one thing i have not completed in this game oh. and i refuse to because i no. Now, I didn't complete this in the sense that I didn't find all the hidden collectibles within it. But did you find everything in the arcade version? Um, I don't know, because I don't think there was a trophy for it. No, I think you, I, I think I have you get a skin. I have... Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you get a different palette skin for finding all of the skulls in the random arcade game which what a cool little inclusion you just find behind yes, that's, a hidden that's wall egg we didn't talk about yeah just a little 8-bit version of blasphemous to play through and it's like two or three screens and then you fight like an 8-bit version of i think the the warden of the silent sorrow yeah which also another thing to point out so there's this one point where you're going along and it's the silhouetted foreground and you just see the crimson background and yourself all like blacked out in silhouette walking along and then suddenly one of these wardens of the silent sorrow jumps and lands in front of you in this pitch black silhouette area and you start fighting it and then another one shows up and it is <laughs> probably one of the most badass fights in the game when when you're fighting both of them yeah yeah oh, it's pretty good just it's, it's visually, a good feeling. and they're not challenging you know this at this point but oh it just it's one of those things that just kind of shows this is how far i've come 
Absolutely. Yeah. So now that I guess um, now that we've shown how far we should we should we get to the end of this journey? I, I think we should. Uh, Wounds of Eventide. Yes. Yes. So, so remember our this old DLC pal was really good. The, yes. the guy who was following us around, talking to his uh, his uh, pretend sister who was dead, who we didn't actually mention, we fought the sister by herself, like boss ghost fight. form, yeah. uh, in the base game, and in Wounds of Eventide, you can actually find her, uh, find her actual grave, and it turns out that the version that is talking to Estrus is it's a, not it's the a real trick her. It is of a the miracle. It is the trick of the miracle. Yes. Giving him false advice. Yeah. And so, it turns out the miracle might uh might not be so great. Shocker. Which yeah, shocker. Um Perpetua, the sister, lets us know that uh everyone who's tried to do anything about this, something has happened to them, including her, because she was the only one that could actually withstand the force of the miracle. Uh they have but silenced the anyways. true voice. Yes. So she tell, uh, she gives us like a amulet in her dead form. And we're supposed to show this to Esdras. So once we do the, four, the three uh, holy wounds, we go to fight Esdras outside of the Mother of Mothers. And he says, hang on, what's this? And then he starts trusting you. And then he says, meet me where the first... Um, where guilt first took place. Something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just above the Brotherhood of the Silent Sorrows. You meet him. And he ends up giving you a key. Which you can bring down to the uh, the key warden. Who's down in the library. Which is a place that we I know we haven't talked about. It was this kind of a non-area in the base game though. Kind of, yeah. It was just another area you went through and fought some spookums. Yeah, because it led to the pa uh, the painting area. Yeah. Or sorry, the library had uh, Wicker Baby. Was the library where Wicker Baby was? I think so. Hmm. Hmm. Into Um. Anyway, so you, you go bring the key to the Key Warden, who, as just says, this is a key that he is missing. Yeah. So you give it to him, and he opens up a secret passage. And inside that passage, you realize, so you start pinpointing whereabouts you are, and you are at the base of the Knot of the Three Wills. And inside, wrapped up inside, is another holy visage that has been blinded, had its eyes taken out. And it's, it's the one that didn't look away. Yes, yeah. this is the one that did not take any shit. Yeah. And you are basically told that Chrysanta was the other person who knew the truth of the High Wills, and she had the power to look into the dream, which is where the High Wills actually stay the miracle if you will and when she saw what she saw and knew the truth her mind was erased and her eyes were taken from her and this is how she became blind for the rapt agony so her penance became to protect escobar in crimson form who is also part of the mer gravest miracle in the dream which we'll get to in a minute yes so you start learning this thing. You, you, you learn a little bit, but it, the, uh, the Holy Vestige won't help you until you can get the eyes back. So the journey to the eyes go down to right underneath Al, uh, Albero, 
is a oh, what do you call them? It's I'm the apothecary. The apothecary. Yes. And so during the entire game, you can find these collectibles, which just seem like collectibles. But They're after so many, bones. Uh, a room opens up, and I'm gonna get this name right because I feel like I have to. Because uh, uh, Isadora, the voice of the dead. And this is this is kind of neat. So you need to collect 30 bones in the game. That door opens up. And as you're getting close, you start hearing singing and stuff. And you get to this boss. This boss kicked my ass so much. But this is actually probably one of my favorite boss fights. Oh, do it on Castlevania mode. It's, in, it's insane. No, thank you. Absolutely no, thank insane. You. No, this was... <laughs> This was a make your palms sweat kind of boss, and yes. you know, Blasphemous is reasonably challenging, but I wouldn't say it's like aside from the Crescenta fight, nothing too soul crushing, right? But this fight, it's uh, I would put it up there with the Crescenta fight, possibly even more difficult. I'd I'd say it's more difficult. Yeah, it is. At least for me, it's it was a good time though. It's just, uh, and then the other DLC fight, not very difficult, well, but just hey, cool. Hey, Hang on, because I'm not done with Isadora. Because this oh. is kind of neat. Um, Story-wise, and when you're hearing about Isadora, or the voice of the dead, and how nothing will stop the voice of the dead, this is a kind of neat little nod, because it's the only boss in the game that you cannot pause for. Oh, really? Yeah, because oh. nothing stops the voice of the dead. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's a really neat little uh, detail. Yes. Uh, so the other big boss, so that gets you one of the golden eyes for the, uh, for the fourth visage. Uh, the other one, uh, can be located in, uh, an area called Morning and Havoc, which is like, it's almost like a bunch of wrecked ships. Gangplank Galleon. Like a... It's a, it's a ship graveyard. Um, but this thing is... When you first walk into the boss room, you just see like a lighthouse off the end and like what looks like a giant ramp going up. You can't really see because it's just a, like a silhouette. Until that's uh, that ramp starts moving and you realize, no, this is a giant fucking snake. Yeah. So this is uh Sirpis, And I like this fight a lot, too. This it's, is a very cinematic a fight. Yeah, it's it, it is cinematic, but like it starts off simple enough. He has his move sets. Things are coming out of his skin. He tries biting you. He does electricity because why not? It's a snake who has electricity. Yeah. But then each phase, there's like three or four phases and you get higher or higher up into the world. Um, and then it starts getting more and more stormy. So it gets quite cinematic in that sense. And then just when you finish the fight, it swallows you. And you pop out its eye yeah. with the eye of the fourth visage. Penitent one, finish him. <laughs> yeah, just him being bored, badass, doing badass things. Yep. Yeah. So, with both eyes in hand, you can go back to the fourth visage. Uh, and they give you the... Uh, God, I cannot say these words. Jesus Christ. Uh, apothedic heart of mea culpa. And ah, yes. this is a heart for the May Culpa that when you enter it and then fight Chrysanta, you can destroy the chains that the, the invisible chains that the miracle has on her. If I'm not mistaken, so, when you equip this heart, you can't unequip it ever. You essentially complete the Maya Culpa with it, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, when you get to Chrysanta and you 
do her two phases, she gets a full health bar again and has an ultimate fight. And she's like 10 times faster. Yeah, this is where the real challenge gets. Got a couple uh, new attacks. I think even the music changes too. Like, this, Yes, more dialogue options and whatnot. This and is the music real changes. final boss. This is a real final boss, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you defeat her, you break the chains off, you go to the uh, the Kneeling Stone uh, church. And now that she sees clearly on what everything is, she kind of guides you and says, go stop this. Uh, so then you go back to fight Escobar. You fight Escobar and the last son of the miracle uh, form of him, the giant metal version. And when you step on the throne, it turns into an elevator and you are transported to the dream, which is where the miracle, the high wills lives. Kind of like heaven, and but not at all. Not at all. And this is where you are faced with the true form of Escobar, who looks pretty much like a devil. If I'd say. Kind of. He's got kind of some Baphomet vibes going on. Yeah. And so he goes to try and stop you the entire time. And it's it's the scene. And then Chrysantha shows up, starts blocking his massive attacks. And then you kind of eventually defeat him. It's it's a very cinematic fight. I don't think you he can, can even lose. Yeah. You you can lose, but it restarts. Mm. Like it it's not like going to one of the uh, the statues and restarting. Yeah, you restart right at the start of the fight. Um, once he dies, you come up against the high wills, the miracle, and this is when they're saying you have this all wrong. Uh, turns out that the miracle or the high wills, sorry, were feeding off the torment and the praise or the the prayers of the people of Custodia, and. They just wanted more and more power, more and more gold, and as long as they had people praying for them, they were getting it. It was it's kind like, of it's a, like a giant farm factory. <laughs> well, it's a weird vicious cycle because they were creating the pain and feeding off of the worship from that pain. Yes, and basically, it's in a weird way to explain it. It is a thing that existed from nothing, only out of the will of something to be worshipped. Yes, but absolutely. In, in in layman's terms, it's a demon that feeds off a of suffering. Yes, pretty pretty much. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, this isn't a fight. No, this is just a really wild cutscene. <laughs> it is a really good cutscene. Yeah. You, uh, you, this is where Chrysanta and the Penitent One both destroy and absolutely annihilate. Three floating heads, which is the High Wills. Yeah, the High Wills is like these three faces merged into one, and they're crying golden tears. It is very much just bathed in religious symbolism. And yeah, the penitent yep. one just jumps up, plunges his sword into one of its faces, and pulls it down. And they just oh, it's it's kind of like the scene from Office Space where they're beating the shit out of what is it, the record. <laughs> The printer? The printer, that's it, yes. Yeah, it's, it, they, they're just basically these two bestest buds taking out God, um, or what claims yep. to be God, anyway. What and, is the God of the world, technically? And with that, you have defeated the High Wills, uh, which is... And everything that they have done. Which so, is very contradictory to the High Wills, which has sent you on your journey. Yes. And it also means... Uh, Everything that they have done is now undone. So that means 
the mea culpa is now dissolved into nothing. Uh, the father, or the the twisted one, dissolves as he reaches out for you as a yeah. thank you. Free of his the punishment. Penitent one, the penitent one is now laid to rest as he is dead, as he was killed by Chrysanta originally. Yeah, and brought to life by the will of the miracle, which he has then yep. killed. Yep, so essentially he gave up his life. Yeah. And, and then the teaser for Blasphemous 2, I assume. Uh, it's out now. Haven't had a chance to touch it. I want to. I'm excited for it. Suddenly, uh, Sky Fetus. <laughs> yeah. Um, the sky goes red, and a fetus comes down from the sky in this giant weird bubble. Yep. What could it mean? Uh, I don't know. And yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I, I think that concludes Blasphemous. That is Blasphemous. and uh, I fucking love this game. I was just going to say, yeah, just, just some final thoughts on it. So I... Three, three or four times I've gone through this game. It is well within my top five or so games for my Switch. It's a tricky list. It shifts from time to time. But this is up there between, like, number two or three. Like, it's a incredible game. Yeah, it's... I've probably beat it about seven times, eight times now, maybe. Oh, it's... So, I can't remember I did how... four playthroughs back-to-back when I was platinuming it. Oh, they this has a lot of playthroughs, but all the same, it one the combat is super satisfying. It is so good. It Absolutely. feels so weighty. Uh, the subsystems when it comes to like the relics and the rosaries and all that stuff that it adds to a lot of different replay value and different. It it makes a noticeable change, but it takes away a noticeable change too. So it's different play styles. You can really tweak it to how you want to play. And something else that I like about this game is it has skins, and the skins aren't something you get very often, so they feel like a pretty big reward when you get one. Yes. So. I think I have eight. I don't know how many I six have. Or, six or eight. It's like five or six. Um, and they all just make you look so cool. Yes. But. And you know what? After all this, like, we've been, minus the intro, almost two hours. Yeah. Or an hour and a half on this. There's going to be things we missed. There's things that we, we definitely didn't touch. Um, the graphics, uh, the, the pixel art is just so done so well. Uh, I don't like how they didn't keep the pixel cinematic for killing the high wills. There's that, and then I haven't seen much of the sequel, but I have seen that they went with like more of an animation than a pixel animation. That does make me sad. Which but... which is what the killing the high wills is. Yeah, the whole ending of it's the funny DLC. because I remember when it first came out, like that that cutscene was done with pixels and it looked real janky, but there was a lot of charm to it as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but there are very very few complaints that I have about this game. It is a high recommend. People put this on. Your wish lists. It goes on sale quite frequently for like, what, 10 bucks? Um, Pretty cheap. And if you are into any kind of retro side scrolling action platformer, Metroidvania, hack and slash, da 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 da, da genre, just play <laughs> Blasphemous, you won't have a bad it's time. A, it's a Blasphemous time. It is, it is a Blasphemous time. But and I, if you don't mind gore. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. This is <laughs> this, this is an ESRB worthy game. I think it's yes. if it's not rated M, it 
It probably should. Be. It is rated M because right, there's there's the nudity too. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. There's no there's no tobacco references to my knowledge though. So. There's no, there's that. probably a hookah in there somewhere. There's probably just something that someone <laughs> will kill you with. I don't know, but probably. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm pretty wrapped up on blasphemous. How how about yourself? I had a blast talking about blasphemous, and I know we missed things, but that's all right. Some things have to be left a miracle. Well, and not only that, I mean, at the end of the day, this is just us explaining to the people why we like this game so much. It's just us talk gushing about why <laughs> why we like something. Yeah, but uh, that said, at least... And hopefully, you guys listened and enjoyed it too. Yeah, uh, at least from myself anyway. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this more uh, more focused episode uh, as opposed to uh, our usual stuff. I mean, we we have been talking about how we want to dive into singular games from time to time, but it's also like, we, we just talk about whatever, so, you know. We just we just have a good time doing this, and clearly we're uh, you guys are enjoying it. So, thank well, you. Four more years. <laughs> Happy anniversary, and thank you all from the bottom One of the box. One year. This I this recorded. is crazy, yeah. and I'm I'm not gonna blow smoke. Like we aren't we're obviously not the biggest podcast, we but we certainly aren't the smallest. Um, we started this not thinking that anyone would listen. And uh, here we are. We're breaking our own records each time yeah. we upload an episode. And so, also genuinely from the bottom of our hearts, uh, thank you for for a request to anyone who is a new listener. Please listen to episode one. Just one of you. <laughs> That's all I want to see. Ep- episode one has been stuck on ninety nine listens for two, three months now. It's, it's been a year. Come on. <laughs> But, but uh, yeah, I'm... happy uh, optional boss anniversary. Yes. Um, thank you, guys, everyone who's uh, who's listened thus far, and whether you're new, whether you're old, whether you're uh, from the future, from the recording. Uh, thank you for checking us out. Is that is that the outro? That's that's pretty much the outro. <laughs> you you think after a year we'd have this under wraps? Uh, you you got anything to add, Tyler? No, I'm I'm tired. It's it's been a long day. I'm gonna go eat a sandwich. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's it for us. I've been Josh. The other guy's been Tyler. You can catch us on Instagram or Twitter. We are trying to post there more often. We suck at social medias, more or less because we hate social medias. Yep. So necessary evil, I suppose. But we are at Optional Boss PC over there. And uh, if we actually think of it, we will get our topics posted beforehand for you to write in. Anyways. Happy one year. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.